The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. In this episode, we took a detour and discussed questions that a lot of Christians have. We discussed the complex relationship between faith and works. We delved into the age-old debate of salvation and the question of once saved, always saved. We also explored the question of whether non-Christians can find their way to heaven. As we navigate these deep waters, we'll also uncover the truth between the concept of our righteousness is as our filthy rags. And we discussed the vital role of the Bible in our spiritual journey. Get ready to challenge your beliefs and gain new insights as we embark on this enlightening exploration together. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast with your hosts. Nikaz Gay. And Earl Roberts. Um... Um. (laughs) what a way to start right all right so god is good god is good so definitely hopefully everyone had a great week hopefully you know things are going well in your lives you know just hope we have no real way of saying knowing unless you guys tell us but um definitely appreciate everyone for tuning in again definitely hit the like button subscribe give us a rating let us know your true thoughts. If you like it, if you don't like it, you know what I'm saying? Comment that in the comments below. And share the podcast, because we definitely appreciate when you guys share it. So that's the housekeeping items out of the way. Um, uh, I guess today's the day of alms. Yeah, I mean, well, as always, God is good. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I was thinking about, though, is like the Ten Commandments. Okay. Uh Helmet of salvation and the Ten Commandments at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. I think when you put on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation is important is because you always have that on your mind. So like the, whatever choices you make, you, you should consider how this affects your salvation. Mm-hmm. So like we go to the grocery store, we do certain things that we don't think about, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to certain things that make you react, like... If somebody steal your parking spot or mm-hmm. something that kind of makes you upset or it makes you happy or the decisions that you make, I feel like we should always consider our salvation. It, it may be times when you have a feud with a coworker or a neighbor and you really could take it far. I really could make your life <laughs> not desirable. You know what I'm saying? But you should think about how will this affect my salvation? You know, mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes I... I, I I um, react a certain way because I know it's not nice. It's not kind. Love is kind. You know what I'm saying? And so, having a salvation and but the way, you know, thinking about the commandments as well. We all know the Ten Commandments, but it's like we remember it, but do we 
do we work towards um you know making sure we observe all of the commandments you feel me like lying and not stealing like these are things that i i as i get older i'm like bro i'm not gonna tell little white lies anymore you know like just the other day i was talking to somebody about a project they was they worked on right mm-hmm. and i asked him how he felt about the project first he told me he liked it then he sent me the project i did not like it you understand i start off by saying bro if you like it cool but in my opinion you know these i i would i would I would do things a little different. I I see room for improvement, so I I was just trying my best not to not to let the the little commandments that we don't think about, like covetousness and, and lying and like see lying lying is a big one because a lot of people like a lot of people do not like lies and they don't like being lied to, right? Mm-hmm. But there's certain lies that people okay with you lying, mm-hmm. like like if I tell you, bro, this morning, dog, I passed this truck and it was this truck was blasting my song. But if it was a car that I passed, right? But I say truck and I realize I ain't saying wrong. Or, or if I say something that, like, if I say something that is like is not true, mm-hmm. but it's it's a greater point that I'm making. You know what I'm saying? People wouldn't care if you said it or not. But in my mind, I'm like, bro, let's strive towards being truthful at all times. Or mm-hmm. if I tell you a joke, but I make it up, like I lie, like no, embellish the joke a little yeah, bit. Yeah, if I embellish the joke, but not no, right? Like let's say me, you, and Dom here, right? Mm-hmm. And Let's say I just make up something about you that I know he would laugh at. I'd say, boy, you won't believe I can't tell watching watching this show. This such and such a show that nobody is, is watching. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But that ain't true. You know what I mean? It's like so so certain things I like. And y'all, you know, y'all can tell me if I'm taking things too far, but I try to be truthful. Do not I try not to bear false witness and stuff mm-hmm. like that because of the, the helmet of salvation thing. So we planning a surprise party, right? Mm-hmm. And your wife for your wife, and she has to be planning doing anything for her birthday. You could avoid the question. So you just you just cannot answer it. I can be like I can, I can be like I can't confirm or deny what I doing for you. You see what I say? Like, uh, like for real, like because like I I look at the Bible sometimes and I like like that person lied, right? But then when I really look at it, I like no, they didn't lie. They just did not answer the question. You see what I'm saying? Or they avoid the truth when Jesus was on them. Um, and Charlie, he just, he just, he was on trial. He, he just, just didn't talk. He just didn't talk. They say, I didn't, and Pilate was really like, are you the son of mine? He said, you said. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But he didn't say yay or nay. Like, I feel like it's a gray area that you could, you could choose not to respond. If they say, hey, are we going to Sanat? Can I confirm or deny? You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I can't confirm or deny. Now what? <laughs> I see you. I the fact that I can legitimately see you doing that. <laughs> but that's important though. Like, I always have these things in your mind because like, Man, me personally, like I was telling you when you showed up here that my neighbor, like I posted the podcast on my uh, phone, on my WhatsApp status, and my neighbor like was like blessed by it. And sometimes, sometimes I'm just thinking, man, like we go through our daily lives, our daily interactions, and I wouldn't say that God isn't on our mind. He can be on our mind, but sometimes I'm like, does the lifestyle match up? Mm. And that's like something like I try to keep on my mind because it's, I was talking to my cousin about this in Philly and we were like going back and forth. We're like, you know, once saved, always saved. Some people believe that. And then like justification by works. We were talking about like different, like just topics that a lot of Christians, especially like newer Christians, younger in the faith, like just struggle with. Because I mean, these are very important things that people can get 
misconstrued, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things I was telling them too, I was like, we're not saved by our works, right? You're, you're saved by faith. But I also asked them, I was like, if you love me, would, would, are there certain things you just wouldn't do to me? That's true. That's very true. So I'm like, yeah, you're not saved by your works, but once you accept God and trust God and accept God as your saving, now you're saying you love me, now you call yourself a Christian, your works should change. Because now you look at the Israelite nation, right? They believed in God, but their works showed otherwise. So now you're saying you have faith in God, but you aren't backing your faith by what you, by what you do. And so now you see in Romans, is it Romans? Faith without works is dead. I feel that's Romans. It's someplace in Paul, in one of Paul's <laughs> many writings, he says faith without works is dead. And you can see that now because now it's like you can, you can, you can profess to have such faith in God Put it this way, if I say I, I have faith in God, but I, I'm, I'm like the biggest notorious robber and killer out there, right? Mm -hmm. One could argue, what God am I serving? Mm. Because I'm saying it, I say I have the faith, and quite honestly, I might have the faith, but I'm not backing up with my work. So how, because God's going to look at me like, bro, I know you're not. I heard someone say 90%, I, and this percentage is probably wrong, but the, the point is the majority. 90% of human interaction is nonverbal, right? Mm -hmm. so I don't know how you quantify these things, but, you know, actions speak... We learn that in family life. Actions speak louder than words, mm -hmm. right? So you could say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, right? Or you could say, like, think about your spouse. You could say, I love you, I love you, I love you, but I might just beat you, I might just cheat on you, I might just emotionally abuse you, right? Mm -hmm. And you thinking... How could you love me and you doing this? Mm -hmm. Why would you steal from me if you love me? Mm -hmm. You understand? Like, it's certain things that you just like, bro. Even though I want to do this thing, even though I want to do this mess up thing, I don't. I don't want hurt. I want earth get out of me. I I want put earth through this amount of stress and this amount of anger and stuff like that. I can leave that. I can leave that alone. You understand? Which is a fuck. So now when it comes to God, it's like I am saying Christian. But the way I live is not Christian, meaning I, I support the ideologies of the devil more than I support the ideologies of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so what God supposed to believe, right? Like if I walk up to you and I just start punching you in your face, bro, I just, I just breaking you up, bro. Mm -hmm. And you say, bro, relax. And I'd be like, I still love you, though. I don't even know you, bro. I, I try to knock you out, bro. Or I, I, I pistol whipping you. <laughs> I pistol whipping you. And I say, bro, I love you. You would say, bro, you crazy, bro. You gotta be crazy. You gotta be crazy, bro. You're not acting like you love me, bro. You are hurting me. Mm -hmm. You are intentionally setting out to hurt me, right? And if we realize that the way we sin, it hurts God, and you continue to do that, like it's it's certain things that we can't, we 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 have not overcome. You understand? But it's certain things we we go out to do. Mm -hmm. Think about the non-verbal communication that is be, being sent to God. It's like, bro, I I claim to love you, but. I can be real. I, I'll hurt you any day. I'll, I'll, I'll put myself before you any day. And he said it himself. He said, like in John, if you love me, keep my commandments. He let him know, like, hey, this is you want to show that you truly love me. You want to show that you have your faith. Just keep my commandments. So he, it's funny, right? Because people say, okay, like, oh, you, you, there's nothing you can do to please God. Which is again, it's like the technicalities you start, like people start to argue, like pick a point, like, oh yeah, you just you just need faith. But yeah, you do you do just need faith. Like I'm not like saying you don't need faith, but as soon as you have this faith, 
certain things about your character should change. Mm-hmm. And God said himself, if you love me, keep my commandments. Right. So you can't you can't profess that you love me, but you're still doing what you want to do because the two can't coincide. Yeah, and and it, and it, see, this is the thing, bro. You know, I don't believe that um, our righteousness is filthy rags. I do not believe that. And you know, I I just wait for someone to provoke me to, to have these conversations. Like, I really don't believe that, right? But it do say that um, without faith, it's impossible to, to please, please God. God. That's, that's right after they say um, faith without works is there. You mm-hmm. understand? Like, Hebrews, they, they just talk about faith, faith, faith. But it's a, it's a, right? But it's a, it's a, it would say something like, it was faith that Samson did this. Mm-hmm. It was faith that Abraham did this. Is it faith or works? You're saying that their works happened because of the faith that they had. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And that's why they're like, bro, if you have faith, it's going to manifest. Faith and works, hand in hand. You understand what I'm saying? If you, they say if you sit in the barber shop long enough, mm-hmm. you can get a haircut eventually. Yep. You see what they're saying? Yep, yep. Unless you just get unable to grow hair. But if you if you sit around the barber shop long enough, you, you can get a haircut eventually. So if you're around Jesus long enough, you can realize, boy, hold on, man. If I if I enter if I enter crime, mm-hmm. I feel convicted on that. Certain you should. Sh- remember, remember, I was telling you certain songs I listen to now. I like can't even listen to that no more, bro. There's a lot of music I feel like I just can't listen to. No I more. can't listen to you no more. Bro. I used to think you were such a intelligent rapper. I listen to you now. I like, bro. What was I doing? Real talk. I realized, bro, you are lost, bro. Like your ideologies are all over the place. You mixing Native American with Catholicism. With um, pan Africanism, and then you putting it, you giving it to us with with gusto, and we like, oh, this is an intelligent being, you know what I mean? But I see, but just but just me knowing more about the Bible, I see how oh, you you, you remixing stuff like you, mm-hmm. you all over the place. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? But you live and you learn for real. I know we have a serious like tangent we got an episode to do, but we'll yeah. see how this goes right. But I have one more question, right? And granted, we never talked about this stuff pre-pod, so this is us not really prepared for this, but like. Your thoughts on the one safe, always safe theology sense. We kind of mentioned it, but we kind of just delve on the other part. Last episode. Uh, listeners, no young people. Are, like, these questions that people just have. Yeah, no. And, and it's, I'll be honest with you. It's very, it's, it's very easy to accept that. And it's like, I can accept this, bro. Like, because it doesn't challenge me. It doesn't, exactly. It doesn't challenge you to do anything. Remember last episode, I was talking about how if you preach a sermon and it's beautiful enough and it's impactful mm-hmm. enough, you'll be moved. Mm-hmm. But someone can literally have that same, have the same qualities of this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you can actually still be moved and someone can be preaching you false stuff or... Like I was telling, like the, the analogy I was using, I heard someone sell a, say a poem. The poem is so beautiful. Like the poem is like, it was very articulate. And I just like how real it was, but he was talking about infidelity. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, this was a, this was a homosexual man talking about cheating with a married man who's in a heterosexual marriage, right? Mm. And I didn't know, someone, it was a prank in college, they let me listen to it. I didn't know what I was listening to because he didn't just come out and say that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. But when I listened to it, I was like, it conflicted me because I was like, bro, this this is kind of like, I don't like to hear about people getting cheated on, but like, I just don't like to hear that. And then the complexities of it. But I was like, bro, I could not deny that it was a good poem. It was a good poem. And I understand your perspective and your emotions, right? So what I'm saying is some people have talents, bro. The talents don't get used for good all the time, but it still get used and it still accomplishes what God gives you that ta- talent for. You have con artists, bro. They so good at talking, they can talk you out of your money. They can talk you out of anything, right? And so the, the, the thing with the thing what I notice about free grace community, that's I think that's what they call it when you say 
free free by grace and mm-hmm. and then also Calvinism they believe those both of those things they believe in one save always save the thing about that is a lot of times it's like really emotional based it's emotions it's emotions they start off with John three and sixteen that says whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life so they say all you have to do is believe bro. Once you believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. nothing you could do to not have everlasting life, right? Mm-hmm. But then when we go into Revelation and they talk about people whose name have been blotted out. out of the Lamb's book of life. So that tells me, hold on, you was in the book mm-hmm. and then you get blotted out? Mm-hmm. So that's showing me, oh, so you can be in the book of life, which means you are saved and then God blot you out. You see what I'm saying? And then when we talk about Ezekiel, when they talk about if a righteous man, I think it's Ezekiel 3, they talk about this a few times. And we mentioned this on the pod. If a righteous man turns away from righteousness, he will die. He will die. But if a wicked man turns away from his wicked, wicked, uh, wickedness, God will credit that as righteousness. You understand? Mm-hmm. So it's like the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross could have had, oh, no, no, no. The parable, we, we talked about this part like, like three episodes, not back to back, but three in the last five. The par the parable of the um the denarii um the the olive wages yeah the day's wages in mm-hmm. in the olive thing you could have somebody that was a, a Christian for from nine to five mm-hmm. you get the same gift as someone who's only a Christian for that one last hour from four to five which is salvation you could have you could have been in the vineyard you could have been doing the Lord's work you could have had grace uh, faith all them things for all your life and you get eternal life but then the person who just who's who's living in sin, drowning until the very last moment, give their life to Christ, could have the same um salvation that you are afforded because God does not want. They say God is not slack with His promises, mm-hmm. but He relents. He relents, or the, He's not slack with His promises, but he, he essentially gives us time. This is in the book of Peter, I can't remember, but He essentially gives us time so that none can be saved. You understand? So, so that none, none can, can be, be lost. lost. I'm sorry. So that none can be lost. And so when it comes to one save, always save. I'll be honest with you. It is um. It is actually. It emboldens people, not to, it emboldens people to don't care about the Ten Commandments or the law at all. Mm-hmm. Because if I tell you all you have to do is believe in something, and you save, what would be the point of me? You, 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 don't, you don't have to prove your faith. I don't have to prove my faith, bro. Like if I told you that my genetics are so good that I can eat. Cheesecake for every meal for the rest of my life, and you I'll get a six pack. That. I would do that. I would do that. If you tell me, bro, all I have to do is believe that I can have a six pack, and and you can eat whatever, I'll do that, bro. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't, bro? Who wouldn't click the pleasure button every chance they get, bro? There's no dif- um, um, discipline. There's no temperance. There's no structure. You just you just free to do whatever you want because you're covered by grace. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like that. I I don't. That is that is unbiblical. We see Jesus live a devout life. Jesus told the rich young ruler to sell everything and to follow me. Sell everything, bro. He didn't say, bro, dog, all you got to do is believe in me and you straight, bro. What do you mean to follow Jesus, bro? Mm-hmm. And that's the same point we was making, bro. When you follow Jesus, bro, you start to act like him. You, It's like the mark of the beast is not saying that. It's, the mark of the beast is saying that the beast left his mark on you. If we know the beast... We know the beast mark. We know what the mark of the beast is, but we know the beast. Mm-hmm. The last beast that we had that was an established beast was Rome, right? Now, mm-hmm. we, now that was the legs of iron. Now we in the feet of iron and clay. Mm-hmm. So what did Rome do during that time, during that kingdom? They changed the Sabbath. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That, that was one of the notorious things they do. And 
They said in the book of Revelations that he, the beast would seek to change times and laws. Yep, yep. In the, in, the, in the Ten Commandments, the Fourth Commandment is the only commandment that has a law and a time. The law is to remember. The time frame is the Sabbath day. That's the seventh day of the week. And it, and it, it goes on to explain that. Mm -hmm. They also changed the calendars. If you go to certain, certain countries that are heavily Catholic, like Mexico, Monday is the first day of the week. Bro, they change times and laws all around. Yep. That is his, that is the mark that he's left. Like when I go to these countries, I see I see Roman, bro. If you go to Italian countries, you go to a lot of like um Caribbean countries, bro, the Bahamas, Haiti, Jamaica, bro, um, Mexico for sure, all, all of these like third world countries, you could see heavy Roman Catholic influences because that's the mark that was left on them. And that's because we followed them for centuries, whether being forced to do it or just because of um repetition. I mean, and, and just to your point too, it's like the Holy Roman Empire essentially became Europe. Yes. So it's like all their influences just got broken down into the different European countries that then conquered that they colonized. the whole new world. Yeah. Yeah, but so, so now watch this. We see where they left their mark, right? Mm -hmm. But then also, if you are a true follower of God, mm -hmm. he leaves his impression. I ain't gonna say mark is, you know, it's that's seal. Yeah, he leaves his seal on you. You understand what I'm saying? You get it rubs off on you. That's just that's just that's just is what it is. So, mm -hmm. as far as I concerned, to, to conclude how I feel on it, bro, I do not feel like it is a biblical concept that once you are saved, you are always saved. Agreed. I mean, like, there's a different parables we can start looking at too, right? Because I start thinking about like the the parable of the ten virgins or bridesmaids or whatever you want to say, the ones with with the lamps, right? Think about it. they all were there at the beginning. You know what I'm saying? But they. Some people came prepared in, in the essence of the story. Some people came prepared and some people didn't come with enough oil. But when the bridegroom came, they, they weren't led back in after the party, after people in the, still went to heaven. But after, after, after the bridegroom came and, and, the, and the service started, the ones who didn't come prepared, who were prepared to begin and lost their way, they got left out. Mm -hmm. So now, if, with the once saved, always saved, always saved theology, mm -hmm. That would imply that, oh, they should still be let back in. That, that would imply that Judas is going to be in heaven. Uh, that was going to be my next point. Yeah. The Bible literally said it would have been better if he hadn't been born. Born, yeah. So, so what do you think that means, bro? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's and, and you made a good point with the, with, with, with Revelation uh, 3, where it says that you're getting to be blotted out of the book of life. And so it just begs the question. So now, it's not to minimize the faith, but at the simultaneously, right, you can, because so, here's the thing, once you, once you accept God as your savior, you should still be doing certain things, but that doesn't mean it's... Bro, I could say I'm, I'm following Jesus today and become a Satanist tomorrow. Mm -hmm. when, if Christ comes back tomorrow and I'm a Satanist, and I can't speak for God, but it's a pipe possibility that I'm not going to go to heaven. Bro, you... you I, 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 am, I am of the belief that you will not go to heaven, bro. Like, if you give up your... Bro, I could pull up the text and... You know, if you give up your your wicked, if you give up your righteous ways to, to follow wickedness, bro, you will die, bro. The wages, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? You can get you can get paid the price the of that. The wages sin is death. Yeah. At the end of the day, so at the, and it's like God in His infinite wisdom knows your heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. so it's not diminishing the faith aspect of it because the faith is the most important thing, and not over hyping the works. But to our previous question, they they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But it's also just saying that, hey, you can't use us. You can't use it as a scapegoat. You can't use God as a scapegoat, saying, "Yo, no matter what I do in this life, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna just 
it's, it's almost still saying like it's, it's like a roundabout way to say I can still work my way into heaven because I'm like immune for any any more consequences of this world. So I could go out party, I could go out be a fornicating because I no longer bounded by following his commandments because I am forever just covered by grace, bro. And that's and that's their thing. And they they turn around and say that people who support um keeping the commandments are demonic, bro. Are um, what they use, what we use, what the word we use for um, heretics, not heretics, but the the way how we describe legalists, legalists, legalists. I was <laughs> glad you said because I was I couldn't even remember the word for Pharisee. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they they call you they call you a legalist. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of confusion around free grace, bro, and it's and it's multiple denominations in Christianity that fall under the same thing because they take. Whosoever believeth in him, they take mm-hmm. that saying, bro, once you believe, but it's like, if you believe in something, you react a certain way. If I believe that Jesus is God and Jesus will return, but there's no way I'm I'm going to be a Muslim because I believe that Jesus is God. You know, it's like your, your beliefs reflect in your actions. Mm-hmm. I believe that if I jump, I would fall. You understand what I'm saying? I believe that if I jump off a, a cliff, I will die. Mm-hmm. So I don't jump off a cliff in the off chance that I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like if you truly believe, then you will you will you you act accordingly to your beliefs. So obviously this is about to be an impromptu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't make any sense talking about kings right now. So let's get it. So uh I think you was talking about the Ezekiel text or can't make mention of that. And I know you'll be pulled up. So I I let me tell you one of my biggest flaws is that a lot of times it's just vibes, no structure, just vibes. Like mm-hmm. I read the Bible, I instead of writing notes, and this is a flaw I, I mentioned, brothers and sisters, instead of writing notes, I make a pin in my head. <laughs> I make a pin in my head, or I might I might highlight it on the Bible app, the U version Bible app. Mm-hmm. But the problem is I jump between translations so much. Mm-hmm. It's like, the first when I read the entire Bible uh last year, I think that was, it was um I was reading NIV. Mm. And then when I get to like, like maybe Acts, mm-hmm. I was like, KJV. Like, you know what I mean? I converted to KJV, right? And so I, I read the remaining part of the New Testament in KJV, but all of my highlights in NIV. In NIV. Ouch. And I don't I don't even be in NIV like that no more. Mm. Bro, like I talk about Psalms and Proverbs, I was highlighting away. You feel me? And so, like, when I, I'd get to talk and I'd be like, bro, it's a text in Isaiah, bro. We talk about the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I know what it is, though. You feel me? Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I'll find it I can tell you the gist of what it's saying. And mm-hmm. if you give me five minutes, I could pull up the exact text. Mm-hmm. But I do remember in Ezekiel, one day I was um I was having this conversation with someone. And I was trying to explain this very thing that we was talking about, like, the one save, always save type of situation. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, bro, I found this gem in Ezekiel, but I couldn't find the text. And I went and I found it. And I was like, this is the text, but I don't remember it being in this chapter. But I realized Ezekiel shares this sentiment a few times in the book mm-hmm. about righteousness, a righteous person who turns away or a wicked person who turns away and how that is viewed. And so the text I'm taking from today is Ezekiel 18, verse 21 through 24. And this this kind of the piggyback on the one save, always save thing. <clears throat> I kind of mention it, but it says that Bro, honestly, I about to read this in like in like Nasby or something, something a little more palatable. Go for it. Some a little more modern English. All right. <laughs> but if the wicked person turns from all his sins, 
which mm-hmm. he had committed and keeps all my statutes. It's God talking, right? It's God talking. This is this is God. This is Jesus. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and keeps all my statutes and practices, justice and righteousness. He shall certainly live and he shall not die. So now, remember last episode when we talked about, I ain't gonna say last episode because it just depends on when this get released. But when we were talking about the story of Naaman, mm-hmm. um, that, that that episode, I was saying how we I, I made mention of how when Jesus spoke about Lazarus being dead, he kept telling the disciples that Lazarus was asleep. And it's like, oh, if he's sleep, he's all right, bro. Because if we go back to that city, they can try to kill us. And he's like, no, no, no. Let me be frank. Lazarus is dead. Same thing with Jairus' daughter. She's just asleep. Everybody laugh at him when he told her. And the fact of the matter is, the dead in Christ, they are asleep. Because when we when Jesus returns, we are going to wake up, right? And we are going to live forever. However, the dead outside of Christ, that's true death. That's like, so John 3 and 16, when they say he shall not perish, but have everlasting life, right? Mm-hmm. Bro, all of us are mortals. John the Baptist, he was he was he was a he was a Christian. He he was a Christ follower. He knew Christ personally, and he was a follower of the Most High God. But he still died. All of the people that we speak about in the Bible, with the exception of about two, two. have all died. Even the righteous ones, David, died, but he died in Christ. So it, they say he slept with his fathers. That's why even when we go throughout Kings, they can say slept, 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 because the earthly version of death is a unconscious state. Until Jesus' return, right? And when Jesus returned, they have a first resurrection. That's when the dead in Christ shall rise and we live forever. And then there will be a second res- resurrection. But that's only a temporary thing because the people who resurrect second are the ones who are outside of Christ and they will eventually die in the lake of fire. And so when Jesus said, when uh, when God says, the Most High God, um, in Ezekiel 18, verse, 20, verse 21, I'm reading, it says, um, the wicked person that turns away from sins which he had committed and keeps all my statutes and practices, justice and righteousness, he shall certainly live. We're talking about eternal life, he sh- and he shall not die. Verse 22, all his offenses which he had committed will not be remembered against him mm. because of his righteousness which he has practiced. He will live. Do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked? Declares the Lord. Rather than that, he would turn away from his ways and live. That's a question. He's saying, do I take more, mm-hmm. more pleasure in that death or do I want him to turn away and live? We see that in the New Testament too. Like when Peter said, God is not slack with his promises, you know, but he delays so that, you know, we may repent and live. But verse 24, but when a righteous person turns away from his righteousness. So I don't know any other way you being righteous mm-hmm. besides believing in, in Christ and following in mm-hmm. Christ. Agreed. There's no, bro. There's no other way you could be considered righteous, mm-hmm. bro. You could. How could you be a righteous man outside of God? Y'all could be up. Y'all could be up for the debate. I don't believe that. I don't believe. I don't believe. I was gonna say, oh, everyone, just comment down below your thoughts. And especially, I know some people will comment, but yeah, definitely comment down below your thoughts. If you agree, disagree, why, why not? But go for it. Right on all our topics. Go for it. Right now, nah, righteousness. Nah, let me just, let me just, let me just say one more thing. Qualify it. Righteousness, that's a God definition. Like that's God decides if we're righteous or not. And people can see it on us. You know, not really God decides, but mm-hmm. it's righteous in the eyes of God, is what I'm saying. So you could be uh, I'll be honest, you could be an atheist. You could be a good dude. You could be a good dude. 
But you can believe, you can say in your heart that there is no God and the Bible call you a fool. The Bible don't call you a righteous person for, mm-hmm. for, for not believing in God. And, you know, it's, it's, it's layers, layers. But anyway, semantic point. But when a righteous person turns away from his righteousness, commits injustices, and does according to all the abomination that the wicked person does, will he live? All his righteous deeds which he has done will not be remembered for his treachery which he has committed and his sin which he had committed. For them, he will die. So we have a righteous person who could forfeit their, their life. And die. They could be eternally damned. They could go to hell. You understand what I'm saying? So when it comes to one save, always save. We could take it Old Testament. We could take it New Testament. There's, 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 I feel like there's overwhelming amount of evidence without having to, I don't even have to like explain these chapters. I could just let you read them, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like a lot of times, especially with false doctrine, they want to get this and then they want to go here, then they want to go here, then they want to go here, and then they want to come up to this conclusion, right? Whosoever believes shall have everlasting life. If not, you will die. God tells us who will die. Mm-hmm. The wicked will die. You understand what I'm saying? And so, if you believe, if the righteous will live, right? That means if you believe, you are righteous. So now, if you believe, and you go, and like how, like how does this text just say, if you, turn, if you turn away all your righteousness and go live an abominable life, you think you will live? No, you will not. You will, you will perish. You know? And that's Bible answering that question. And so even while he was talking just now, I had like two additional questions that people struggle with, especially like newer believers or even some seasoned believers, right? One, it's more so a new believer question. Um, If I don't believe in God, can I go to heaven? Or if I'm worshiping a different religion, can I go to heaven? And it was crazy, like full transparency, before I got deeper into my Christian walk, I honestly used to have the thoughts that, oh yeah, like other religions, so I ain't want to single anyone out. Mm-hmm. There's a thing like, oh, other religions believe in like their God, a different God. And yeah, sure, there's going to be other religions in heaven. But as you start getting deep, I mean, should you, 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 you pardon my stuttering, you go right to John, and John say, and, and Jesus say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one enters, no one enters the heaven and just or sees the Father except through me. I was going to say that same text. I was going to say that same text. We have I think like, it's like John 4? I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But, and so like, that's just one common misconception right there. But the bigger one um, is the rapture. But, but hold on. Go for the Jesus said, I am the way. I, I wasn't even going to pull it. I was pulling something else that was okay, in John. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, and verily I say unto you, I am the door mm-hmm. of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The text you said, it might be from John 4. I didn't look it up. I, I, I like when he said, I am the door mm-hmm. because... I am the way, that's Fox too. But we know that. Mm-hmm. We remember that text. But we don't remember when Jesus said, I am the door. I am the gate. Jesus trying to make it abundantly clear, bro. I, I am the way. You I am, to, to yes, bro. Like, so I am the way, right? All right, that's a path, right? Mm-hmm. But Jesus saying, I am the door. Bro. You got to go through me. Mm-hmm. You understand? No one mm-hmm. comes to the Father but through me. Like He keeps saying that. like, And mm-hmm. he keeps illustrating it to us, bro. I am it. So in my mind, it's like, 
my my cousin, he um he lived in the Middle East for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he very familiar with their practices and customs. And it's like, it's like I could tell that he was very impressed by like I I could tell he met a lot of really good people out there, bro. Mm-hmm. I could tell he met a lot of really loving people out there because he struggles to 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 um decide within his heart what religion is the right religion mm-hmm. and it and it bounces between christianity and, and and muslim or islam islam right and so he tells me that you know they believe in the bible they this and now we serve the same god and, and that's something that he has thought about like he just wants to bounce that idea off my head and i tell him i'm like bro the way i see it i don't know i don't know much about or every i don't know every religion but i'll tell you this if everyone just if you're a good person, you go to heaven. I feel like if if every I feel like when people say we all serve the same God, I feel like it's Christianity and then everybody else. Mm-hmm. Y'all all could serve the same God, right? So either all of y'all are right and Christianity is wrong, or Christianity is right and all of y'all are wrong. And the reason why I'm saying that is because one is saying that I am the only way. Mm-hmm. And all these other ones might be saying, bro. It's plenty ways, bro. You got this way, you got that way. One is saying, don't have other gods before me. Another religion is saying, oh, we worship idols. We worship a god for this. We worship a god for that. So one is, is directly in contrast mm-hmm. with other gods, specifically like, 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 like if we talk Christianity through Hinduism, right? The way they worship is we've spoken about against like the first three commandments, the way we worship. No, mm-hmm. no other gods before me, no graven images. You, but that's how they worship. You mm-hmm. understand? So we, these two cannot obviously ain't, ain't the same God. Exactly. And then to me, too, right? When you just from Genesis, what did God put in place the plan of redemption? What was the ultimate plan of redemption? Sending the son back to die for our sins. So if you say these other religions, religions, as a Christian, if you think these other religions don't accept Jesus. What did Jesus die for if you just have to be a good person to get to heaven? That's what I'm saying. He might, he he has to be a fraud. If 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 y'all are right, then this guy has to be a fraud. But they can't coincide. They literally can't coexist. So the thing what I was trying to show cuz about the Islamic faith is like, bro, can't be the same God because one God have a son that we worship, mm-hmm. and that and that son is through whom all things are created. That's why when we get to the Old Testament, it might be the Most High or the I Am talking, but I'd say no, this Jesus talking. Because when you read John 1, they say the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Then yeah. it say the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. And, mm-hmm. and then in that same text, it say it's through Him who all things are created. So, mm-hmm. so if we look at this as the world, if I say... Conveniently <laughs> placed. Conveniently placed, right? If I say that the person that is spoken about in John 1, who is Jesus, mm-hmm. is the one who created all things in the world. Mm-hmm. And we go back to... Um, Genesis 1 In the beginning In the beginning God created Spoke yep. Right and, and I'm like Okay so if we say in the word If we say in Jesus is the word it Metaphorically the word That's what they call him right mm-hmm. And he created all things Then he must be the same person From um, Genesis 1 Who created all things So my thing is If if the if the Islamic faith is saying He was a prophet Mercy A messenger of God Right And my one say he's God we can't be having the same God. Because your God sent a prophet to come and die, but my God sent his son to come and die. This can't be the same per- this can't be the same people. Exactly. Unless you're willing to accept that the prophet was the son of God and he was a divine being. But we can't be this can't be the same. Cause I'm because we can't budge. We can't budge. And then when you read Old Testament and New Testament, bro, it, it just aligns so perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know? And so so to the point, 
Jesus, the, the, the one who, if we believe in the Bible, right, from a Christian standpoint, you believe in John chapter 1. That means you believe that Jesus created the world, right? If we read um, Genesis 3, verse 15, we believe that God, the Most High God said that the seed mm-hmm. of the woman, which is Eve, will come and strike his head, the serpent's head, but you will bruise his head, right? That was actually a prophecy to say that Jesus is coming to strike your head, right? Mm-hmm. He's coming to give you a blow, and but you can you can hurt him in some type of way. You, you could bite his heel. That was a prophecy of saying he is coming to die mm-hmm. to put an end to your plans or mm-hmm. whatever. However, he's going to be, you, y'all going to put him to death. Y'all, you understand what I'm saying? To, to crucify, but it's also going to be striking your heel. So it's a lose-lose for you. You're going to hurt him, but he can hit your head at the same time. That's the prophecy in Genesis 3 verse 15. If you believe these things, right, you must also believe when Jesus, the same person who, who you believe created the world, who you believe died for your sins, he also said that I am the way and no one enters except through me. Amen. Mm-hmm. So if he says that, then I feel like, I feel like it's, as a Christian, you can waste time thinking of how he could be right or wrong, but you're just wasting your time. Because if he say it, so it is. Mm-hmm. Thus saith the Lord. You know, you know what I'm saying? God say he's the way, he's the door. And so... I feel like we have no choice as good stewards to, but to believe that there's only one way to get to heaven, and that is Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a good one, bro. <laughs> that's that's a good one. I, I ain't glad because I had a I uh I was in the grade twelve, right? Just to graduate, we was on a trip in Orlando. Mm-hmm. We we had came to sing at Partners Chapel. Full circle moments. Full circle moments, bro. I can't believe it. And we were staying at one of them Disney suites places, you know, in the hotels. And I had a, f- I had a few friends who they were gearing up to go to um, theology school in, Jama- in Jamaica. And they were so devout. Mm-hmm. I haven't see- seen or spoken to them in a while. They used to carry a backpack with Bibles and literature and things like that, bro. Really? They was on it, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Um, and it's funny because they was from the hood, bro. They was from, they was from Montel Heights and then like for real, dog. Mm. And, um, and and we was talking, bro, and they were so they were so calm, bro. They were so calm, and I was so boisterous and and loud, bro. Knowing that I had not been deeply rooted in like the theology that that, that I sh- that I should have been, but I was telling them, bro, bro, if you good, you're going to go to heaven, bro. You are going to go to heaven. And I rowing, bro, and one of the one of the um chaperones, mm. he he tried calm me down, and he say to me, he say. Let's say you worship Buddha all your life. Mm. You go to heaven and you see Jesus. You could be like, who is this guy? You don't know Jesus at all. How you expect to go to heaven and to live with Jesus for the rest of your life, having never known him? And I still feel like he was wrong, but I couldn't answer that question. Mm. Because it was that point in time when I realized heaven is not some type of you know, like how you watch a movie, right? And the world ending. Mm-hmm. And me and you supposed to save the world. And after we save the world, um, we wake up and it was all a dream. Heaven ain't going to be like, you wake up, it's all a dream, bro. You still could be you. You still could be Earl. You still could have your personality. You just could, you just could be perfect now. You just could be without sin. God could take away that sin. But it's like the connection that you had to God, the habits that you develop, all of these things are going to help you to get to heaven. But it ain't going to be like, you just wake up in heaven and... And you're like, I think I remember her. You know, I go to movies and be like, mm-hmm. and like it was a dream. Like it was a dream. Like, oh, you just wake up and now you're perfect and you're living in this world and 
one will ever know all of the stuff that you just went through. No, that ain't how it can be, bro. Like, we just gone through these things and we could sing our song, bro, because we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, bro. Mercy. We wouldn't be singing these, we, we wouldn't have a testimony or, or a song if we never been through, through anything. Mm-hmm. That's like saying Enoch, when he get to heaven, he just forget everything what happened on earth. You can remember, bro. You can remember, like, like I just don't see how, how, how that's possible. This ain't some type of fairy tale enemy but the half, bro. Like, this is a real life scenario. This is like a real divine scenario. You get to heaven and Jesus is going to say whether he knew you or not. You get exactly. to heaven, he can say, depart, because I don't know you. And the thing about it is, you could easily say, I don't know you too. That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know you neither. I, I worship I worship Vishnu my whole life. Mercy. You understand what I'm saying? Like, true, truly. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I also heard a pastor say, I know I, I run and on now, but I heard a pastor say, it's even merciful that God doesn't allow people to go to heaven. It's almost torture. It's like, to- it could be it's like torture. reverse torture. Yeah, it's like reverse torture. Like. But people don't consider that though because think about it, like people just think about hell and man, that's something we should talk about because remember when we was going through, when we was like just having that conversation about like the abyss and what it's actually going to be like for those who don't make it to heaven. Because a lot of people just think it's going to be like that eternal suffering and you're just going to be down here burning for a thousand years while people up in heaven having a great time. But like, but it's it's so funny that like, even in sin, God is still merciful. That's true. <laughs> like because if you let humans tell it, you're gonna die. You're gonna burn forever. But at the same time, too, I think it's all like not just humans. It's it's the devil. That's true. That's true. In in influencing embellishing yeah. in that all the whole story because again he, he rules by fail and not the good fail. But yeah, but tangent. Yeah. So now watch this. If me and you. And our significant others go on a date. Mm-hmm. And we got a boy, one of our boys, let's say Joe. Random, random name, right? Joe like Joe Mixy. Joe like to be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Right? But Joe don't have no girl. Joe don't have no one to be with. It's uncomfortable for him. Uncomfortable to be in that situation. So Joe could come to you and say, Boy, why you wouldn't invite me? And you could say, Bro, I wouldn't even put you in that situation. Exactly. I wouldn't even because I know. I know you feel insecure about your current relationship mm-hmm. right now, status now. So I wouldn't put you in for you to see all us having fun and this. No, I wouldn't. I spare you from that. You understand what I say? So in a roundabout way, that's that is it's also still merciful. And in so mm-hmm. hey, to burn forever, bro. To burn forever, dog. Like that's a, that's a deep theological one. That, that, that take time to unpack. Exactly. I was like, we can't even get, that's the whole next episode by itself. Don't worry, guys. We are working on these other episodes. Yeah, right. So, But, um, so I mean, we, we were at, yeah, like what, the 15 minute mark? Yeah, around there. 49 Let's go. minutes. Like, what's something you've been like studying? They've been on the righteousness, filthy rags. Yeah, let's, you, let's you, get you, into it. Let's get right, into right, it. All right, all right. Let's get so, into it. So, okay. So the text, so when you go to church, you know, you might be listening to someone who really, in the deep in their tangent, mm-hmm. and they trying to say how God is so good, and it's only by His grace that we are mm-hmm. where we are, and mm-hmm. we have faith, and, and we are saved, right? And while in the middle of this tangent, they dig into their bag of metaphors or bag of cliches, and they mm-hmm. sprinkle on this, oh, the Bible says our righteousness is filthy rags, right? Even our righteousness. I, I can't, bro, I can't count the amount of times that I've heard that, and I remember the first time reading that, with my wife last year, and I was like, oh, you, you remember this text, right, babe? Yeah, this guy, I said, they must have said it in the New Testament. <laughs> I 
I say, I say, Jesus or someone must have repeated that in the New Testament where they quote it. Mm-hmm. And she say, yeah. And I Google it. And I say, I Google righteousness, filthy rags, New Testament, no, nothing found. And so I say, but this Ezekiel, uh, Isaiah 64, I said, this can't be. You know, it's funny, too. this is like the last chapter of Isaiah. Bro, <laughs> I like, bro, I like, bro, this can't be. This can't be the text that you're all quoting. So I dare search in the New Testament and I'm looking for the text, but I realized there's no second text. The, the text that is commonly quoted and in my opinion, my unpopular opinion, misquoted, is coming from Isaiah 64 verse 6. Mm-hmm. So now people used it to say, bro, our righteousness is, is filthy rags. And the way I received that is saying, bro, no matter how righteous you are, God still look at that as like, <laughs> you call our righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. But I do not believe that the text is saying that. And I also do not believe that it's true. And here's why. If you read Isaiah, um, I'm about to pull it up right now. Isaiah 64 verse 6. The first thing I must say to you all is when people quote that, Isaiah 64 verse 6, they are doing one thing that people often frown upon, which is pulling one line out of a text and removing the context. Let's read the whole let's read the whole verse. But we are all as an unclean thing. Mm-hmm. That's how the text starts. And then it says, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. It is not saying our righteousness as filthy. If I had started saying, Lord, I am a lowly human and you know our righteousness as filthy rags, mm-hmm. I would understand why people say that. But it is saying. We are as an unclean thing, our righteousness as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And so if all righteousness are as filthy rags, that means we are always unclean, and that also means that our iniquities have taken us away, but that's not true. The only thing that people try to point and say is is continuously true is that our righteousness is filthy rags. Mm -hmm. So let's add a little bit of perspective, right? Um, when you read the book of Leviticus, one of the things that Leviticus, um, the Levitical laws state for the requirement of the, the sacrifice is a lot, of, a lot of the things they tell you to do is surrounded by purity. Be pure. Like if you have a rash, if you have this and that, if you eat an unclean thing, you cannot offer a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just is what it is. But one of the main things that, that applies to women is that when you are on your monthly cycle, mm-hmm. you can't enter the temple, you can't offer sacrifice, you are unclean for however many days, and then you have to wash, and then you have to offer a, like a atonement. A, yeah, atonement, atonement for the cleanse, because you are unclean, because of your blood. If somebody gets cut, unclean. If, if me and Earl, no, if me, Earl, and a random person just chilling right here, and God forbid, it's his time to pass away, me and Earl are unclean if we touch that body. If we touch that body, right? It's because of it's because of purity, it's because of life and death. You, when blood escapes you, it's about to die. You understand what I'm saying? It's unclean, you know? And so, unclean thing in this in this text is talking about a menstrual cycle pod mm-hmm. or whatever they used to use during them times. So they're saying cloth, that yeah. cloth. So they're saying that, God, we are so unclean that even when we do a righteous act, it is as if we are giving you a pod, a used pod. Think about that. Our righteousness are as filthy rags. Mm-hmm. 
So if righteousness was always filthy wags, how can we make a, a, a comparison? If I say, bro, a six foot tall, no, if I say 12 inches, it's just like a foot. Mm -hmm. It would be no need for me to say that, bro. It would be redundant <laughs> if righteousness are as filthy rags. It is is redundant. So the point, the point, the the um the point, as I is saying, and you got to think about the context too. This is a time when Israel was in complete apostasy. They mm -hmm. was they getting ransacked by by other nations. They they end up being served by them. And as I is saying, bro, honestly, God, I see how we get in the situation. You know, mm -hmm. we are perpetually wicked, and so even when we doing good, we so wicked, God. It is as if it is an unclean thing. And then, like, go, I mean, no, go on, go on. your point, too, like, mm -hmm. just for even more context, like, this is the end of the book of Isaiah, and then also, it, this Isaiah 64 is just a big prayer. And even if you read, like, one verse up, it says, you know, uh, you meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who, who remembers you in all your ways, you know, talking about this God. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. Mm. In these ways we continue, and we need to be saved. But we are all like an unclean thing. Mm. And all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We are we all fade as a leaf. And in our iniquities, like the wind, he has taken us away. So it's again, it's like one big prayer. And Isaiah kind of reflecting, like, yo, this is kind of what you want. But really and truly, that's how we are. We need to be saved. We need to be cleansed. We need to be essentially made clean again. Proverbs um, chapter 15, verse 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. And so, it's just like when, when Saul offered that sacrifice, mm -hmm. Samuel gets so mad. He's like, bro, I tell you to wait for me, bro. You can't offer this thing, bro. You ain't coming with a contrite heart. You, not, you are not the guy, bro. Mm -hmm. You cannot. So this was like an abomination unto God. And I often used to read, I think that's like First uh, Samuel chapter 13 or somewhere around there in the teens. And I always used to read that like, bro, why Samuel trip like that? I mean, I get, I get it you didn't wait on him, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like at the same time, bro, when we see Saul's heart, it's like, it's like you playing in God's face, bro. It's like, it's like, excuse me, God, I, it's, it's, it's the same thing with the no sin, um, the, uh, what the thing called, um, no, uh, free grace, what we was talking about earlier, one save, always save, right? If you are claiming to be Christian, but every day you're giving God a sacrifice of iniquity, that is, that's like filthy rags to God. That's basically what he's saying, bro. And this is probably tie-in perfectly, bro. Mm -hmm. If you are saying that you are a Christian, right? You're saying you're a Christian, that means you're saying you're righteous, right? But your fruits, are, but you are unfruitful. That's like saying, bro, you're going to give God a, a, a pig for a sacrifice and, I, and I'll tell you why and remember a pig is an unclean thing and, and, and let me show you why I say that if we fast forward in the book of Isaiah ver, um, chapter 66 two chapters later he says he that killeth an, killeth an ox is as if he slew a man he that sacrificed a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck he that offered a, an oblation as if he offered swine's blood Isaiah is trying to make a parallel that we are in a perpetual state of unrighteousness. So no matter how much we done, mm -hmm. it is going to be unrighteous to God. So notice what he said. He did offer the ox. That's one of the main things that people used to offer for a sin offering in, in, in during, during those times in the Old Testament, the Levit, the, during the Levitical laws. He said, bro, God tell us to offer an ox or a sheep or a lamb without blemish to atone for sins. But Isaiah is saying, bro, when people do that, God looking at them like as if they offer a human sacrifice. Mercy. You Mercy. see what I'm saying? And so you continue to read, um, you continue to read 
If you continue to read through the prophets, uh, through the prophets, Ezekiel 36 verse 17, mm. son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in our own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their doings. Their ways were before me as the uncleanness of a removed woman. Removed woman is also talking about someone who is removed from their menstrual cycle or whatever. So he's saying, bro, we was when we was in our own land, we was running like a chicken without our head. And so we we corrupted, and it was almost like we was giving um their ways was before me as the un, as 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 if I was giving you a use a use part yeah, yeah. a use part after your after your monthly cycle. Multiple prophets use this scenario, and I, I only these two that I know of: Ezekiel and Isaiah. And they just they just trying to be as as extreme as possible to let you know that we so wicked, bro. You can't, bro. You can't. It's like. In, in, in today's terms, you can't be a pastor, sleep with every man or woman in the church that week, kill two people, and then go to church and pray and preach about how good God is and how, how you must, how you must, you know, repent and do all these things, bro. That's your, that's, that's filthy rags right there. That right, that part of righteousness, that's filthy rags because you are in a state of uncleanness, bro. You have an unclean heart. And so everything you do, God looking at it as uncleanness. And, you know, that's, and and just in conclusion, just in conclusion, if you if you if you feel like yeah, cause maybe um, the the point still stands, but um, you know the point still stands. Just just read the text. The read the text says we are as an unclean thing, and our righteousness are as filthy rags. Mm -hmm. And the next time you think to use that text, please provide the context. Say we are as an unclean thing. And if that does not apply to you, then I believe that the next line does not apply. Our righteousness are not as, as filthy rise. When we read Hebrews, Abraham offered a sacrifice. It was credited as righteousness. It wasn't credited as filthy rise. When they talk about even Samson, they say it's by faith. Samson did that. It was credited to him as righteousness. It wasn't credited to him as filthy rise. Why are we bragging about filthy rise if it ain't nothing to brag about that? Ain't nobody bragging and saying, bro, they ain't say, oh, Samson... Samson um um destroyed the, the Philistines in the temple in, in their in their temple and it was just like when he eat from from the dead lion. Mercy. It was just like when he he sleep with the prostitute. No, no, bro. There's a there's a there's a distinct difference between righteousness and unrighteousness. So to say and un, un, this is there's a difference between righteousness and uncleanness. Mm -hmm. So for people to add to, to mix the three together and say, bro, if you're righteous, bro. It's the same as if you unrighteous or if you unclean in the eyes of God. That's not that is not true. God delights in in righteousness, you know. And I'm sure if you was to Google just righteousness in the Bible, you have so many texts that say how God feel about the way of the righteous. You know what I'm saying? The reward of the righteous, you know. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. That's Psalms one verse six. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so I I think <laughs> I think our righteousness are not filthy rags. I think filthy rags are filthy rags, and uncleanness is filthy rags. And if you're in a perpetual state of sin and uncleanness, then your righteousness are filthy rags. That's the <laughs> That's me. That's my argument. <laughs> hey, the views of the Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Reflect the parties involved. Exactly. <laughs> and we encourage you to use this as a conversational tune to further Bible studies of your own. So yeah, so I mean that's it's a valid point. And and I think also what people do latch on to is what their pastors say what your parents told you, what you've just heard other people say and not really dig deeper for yourselves. And that's, and that's a common thing with, with 
everything in life, not just Christianity, not just religion, just mind them fox you hear, just side stories, you hear it, you never fact check it, but to you it's the truth, or it's their understanding becomes your understanding without any pushback, so you just run with it. And I think especially in the Bible, it's, it's, it's so important to start getting that understanding for yourself because it's, your salvation depends on it. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, your salvation depends on it. So it's like these common misconceptions, these common things that we, for some reason, end up making a whole episode out of, by the grace of God. It's it's important because it can open your mind to new understanding of the Bible. When you have conversations with your friends, your co-workers, cohorts, whoever you have an interaction with you about different understanding because now your understanding is personal and not secondhand. Mm. And God wants all of us to have a, a personal first-hand relationship with him. Because it's it's more impactful. Like think about it, it's more impactful when you say, yo, God did this for me, versus, yeah, so God did that for my cousin. It's a the second half blessing ain't as powerful. Like for your cousin, that's a powerful testimony, not taking anything away because God's miracle is God's miracle, but you saying it, it was a personal interaction, like it's so much more, a little extra oomph that comes with you telling the story. It's received mm -hmm. in a different way because now that first-hand personal experience, like someone once told me when I was doing sales, like no one can argue with your personal experience. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like no one can argue that. Mm. Now I can argue your cousin's experience because that ain't yours. <laughs> right. But like, bro, like I can't tell you what you saw or right. what you felt. Like, I, I literally can't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... That's why it's so important because God wants to show you his blessings. He wants to show you who he is. And he wants to reveal these miracles, these miraculous things that we we're talking about about other people in the Bible. He wants you to experience these things. It might not be as great as how Naaman thought it was going to be great. Or even Elijah thought it was going to be like in all these other things. It might be in a still small voice. It might be in a, in a dirty river. It might be mm. in, in, in a cave. But you just never know how God's going to impact your life. But the one thing I can guarantee you is that once you have a personal relationship with God, He will impact your life in a way that you probably didn't even think was possible or expected. Mm. And I think like that's the beauty of having the relationship with God. On this episode, we took a break from the King's narrative to discuss some of today's biblical topics. We hope you enjoyed it and look forward to seeing more topics like faith or the Sabbath. But before we deviate too much, let's get back to Elisha and the floating ox. Continuing in 2 Kings on the next episode of A Breath of, of, a Fresh, breath Air. of Fresh Air. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.